politics and precious metals, currency and current events, and from Bitcoin to banksters, this is the Wise Wolf Gold and Crypto Show. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Arterburn and Kenzie. Finally getting my wish. I always wanted to do a podcast with a dog. <laughs> and now I've got Aura. She's on screen. And and Aura didn't even jump in with the gunshot. So I guess you guys are in sync there, Kenzie. We're, yeah, we're definitely in sync. She might, you never know. She might have something to say. We might reach a certain topic and uh, everybody just be ready for that because Aura is very talkative. She very much is. She has a great voice. She has a great voice for radio, a great voice for podcasting. Glad to have her here as well. This is the Wise Wolf Gold and Crypto Show, and I'm Tony Arterburn. I'm joined by my co-pilot and co-host, researcher, a slayer of normalcy bias, Kinsey. Say hello to the people. Hello, hello. Well, it's the 9th of July, 2022. Um, clown World Economics uh, still in play. Um, and at least two of our articles today will spell out some of the fraud that goes on um, behind the bankster class. You know what's interesting, too? Uh, just a side note. Uh, the social media platforms and uh, when I put in a title to a show, it will correct my spelling if I, you know, spell something that uh, they don't recognize, right? Um, <laughs> they recognize the word Bitcoin, but they don't accept the word bankster, which I find interesting. You know, Bitcoin is is fairly new in the lexicon and the vocabulary. I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's not brand new, but the word bankster has been around a long time. I mean, it, yeah. that, that precedes Bitcoin. Just saying. So you can kind of see their priorities. And we're going to talk a little bit about banksters today. And uh, you know, politics, precious metals, wealth and warfare, mo markets in the monetary system, all the good stuff here on the Wise Wolf Gold and Crypto Show. Your comments as well will be monitoring the chat on all of the technocratic control platforms, be it uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, and uh, of course, rockfin.com on the America Unplugged channel. So let's just jump right into some stories here, Kenzie. I know you sent me your show notes. <laughs> we can start it off with a wise wolf tweet. That'll be fine. Uh, if you go to at wise wolf gold on Twitter, you will find uh, Kenzie's handiwork. She made uh, the wise wolf gold and uh, silver uh, Twitter great again. And uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is why you keep cash, gold, and BTC. And this is uh, from Bitcoin Magazine on July 8th, just in. Canada's entire banking system is reportedly offline. Canadians can still use Bitcoin, which is true. Uh, this well, is true. What are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on this? Uh, is this does this have anything to do with uh, are they are they testing? Is this a beta test for shutting something down? Oh well, I mean, you know, it it could be because what is it? Um, Oh, I, why am I so messed up today? I can't think of the actual operation for this thing. But we know that cyber attacks are going to be a thing. Oh, now, this is actually, polygon. yeah, cyber polygon. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. This is why we do a show together, guys. That's right. <laughs> so, this actually leads in to a story that I had, and it says that Rogers apologizes 
as network collapse paralyzes Canadian business. So because our world is so centralized in everything that we do, all it takes is one of these companies. Think about when AWS is down. You really notice that, but you're really, really going to notice it whenever it has to do with your banking and being able to use your cards. And sadly, I know I said on the on the Wise Wolf Twitter, like, yes, cash, gold, BTC. That would be the direction of movements that I make. If I have cash, I'm going to use that first. Um, if I need to sell some gold, I'm going to Tony. I'm going to sell some gold. He's going to give me some cash <laughs> and hopefully I can go buy some bread. And then Bitcoin, because it might be a little bit harder in our area to find somebody that would accept Bitcoin for that. And I say that, um, but what's really weird, Tony, is when we have these issues today in these stores like Walmart, if their systems are down, they won't let me use cash because people are too far gone. I don't want to say the R word, but they act like they don't have two cells to rub together oh. as if they can't just keep a physical ledger because they want everything on a digital ledger. Um, so this is just another reason to point out like, hey, food, water, defense, anything that you might need, even if it was just for the next 24 hours, always have some extra at the house of anything that you might need. Um, we live in a society today that doesn't know how to function without the internet or without their programs working. So just just a friendly reminder about that. I like what you said yesterday, too, on my radio show about um, the more independent you become, like if you want to mm -hmm. guarantee your freedom, like just become more, the more independent you can uh, strive to be, the better. And I like that because, you know, cash, gold, BTC, these are outside. Again, that's why they hate cash. There's a war on cash right now. I don't know if anybody's noticed. Uh, it started with, um, what's the what's the choice of words? Uh, plandemic in the beginning of 2020 yeah. when uh, they started saying, it's the, the cash is dirty. It has to be quarantined. And, and I'm like, wait a minute. And then you see all these retailers. We're not accepting cash at this time. Uh, there's a coin shortage. I remember there was a coin shortage. I'm like, there's no coin shortage. You shut down millions of businesses and then there's no depositors. So they they have coins. They're just not putting in the bank. So yeah, there's a war on cash and because they want that, that digital ledger that they control. That's why there's a, such a push for central bank digital currencies, which mm -hmm. will be a reoccurring thing throughout every show that we do uh, for as long as there's a wise wolf golden crypto show, because that is, the future battle for uh, freedom is against the central bank digital currencies. And this is kind of a, an appendage to uh, the, the tweet. Uh, Rogers apologizes as network collapse paralyzes Canadian business and consumers. Internet and wireless service went down early Friday. Today, we have let you down. <laughs> what's, what's Do you this? think? Rogers Communication <laughs> Inc. apologized to customers after a major network failure shut down wireless and internet services causing problems for payment systems, automated teller machines, and phone connections in Canada. I mean, think about that. Even your phone connections. It's kind of a, I know that this is Wise Wolf Gold and Crypto, but let me just throw out here, guys. Like, do you know how to get to certain places without having Google Maps on your phone? I could do better at that, too. I mean, I don't really plan on going anywhere, but if you needed to, <laughs> could you get to somewhere that was safer because this is no longer just about money. A lot of these systems all tie in together. And I think that that's, you know, Tony and I have an understanding of that. And that's why we live our lives the way that we live our lives is because it just takes one kink in our system. And we've seen plenty of them now 
during the scandemic and throughout. Um, this is huge. I mean, think about how many small businesses couldn't even operate, Tony, because of this. Yeah. And, and so how close is this tied to the financial system issue? Uh, well, this this was actually huge just based on the fact that you couldn't go and use your card anywhere. I think even online shopping was kind of screwed up because of this in certain areas. Um I don't know exactly how deep it went, but yeah, I'm talking hours. We're not just talking 30 minutes. Um, Canada was kind of freaking out. I mean, it, it was, I guess in a joking way, they put verge of collapse, but like that's all it would take is the internet to be down for like 48 hours and there's your collapse. Yeah. Royal bank of Canada said the network failure was affecting all financial institutions in Canada. Think about that. Even the big banks couldn't talk to the other big banks which this they have to do all day long. Yeah. This is the problem with centralization. The bigger these mm -hmm. multinationals get, and uh, we know why there's a little thing called the new world order. If you want to throw that word around <laughs> that phrase around any, anyhow, that's what uh, this is what this is all about. It's a consolidation game. And the more that there's consolidation, um, any type of hiccup, there is no backup systems. They just say, well, we're the only game. And it really yeah, and they, they purposefully, it almost seems like it's purposeful to plan that way, right? Because why would you build such a large system and not have a backup? Even if your backup, you know, your backup doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to keep you moving. And we don't even have systems built that are in place to keep the financial system moving. If it's down, it's down. Well, this is, uh, again, um, one of the reasons why you should not rely totally on the system. These are the these are the gut checks and the signposts on the road that you should pay attention to. And this is the uncertainty that we're heading into. I think this is part of this decade, and there's going to be a lot of chaos. Um, we talked uh, yesterday about um, the Great Reset, um, what they're striving to do with the central bank digital currencies and you know, that that particular article was saying precious metals and Kinsey and I were saying diversify. You know, you could have mm -hmm. we're I mean, I'm even uh, promoting cash is like you as well. I mean, something that is not tied to the electronic system. So I agree with you on that. Yes. All right. Whatever uh, gets you away from that. I wouldn't say save your life savings in it, but <laughs> whatever. Well, my life savings, uh, everything I do goes back into my business. And I'm people always ask me how much gold and silver I own. And I'm like, well, do you count my inventory or do you count what I actually have? I have very little, like I'm able to put her, I'm like, Oh, I got a, I finally got an American Eagle, you know, a 10th ounce one <laughs> like, because most of the stuff goes back into the inventory. I'm like, someday when I grow up, I'll be able to have like some of my customers that order monster boxes and stuff. I'm like, well, I'd, I'd like to have one of those one day, but I, yeah. I got, well, I have, I got some great Morgan silver dollars. I end up giving everything away though. Like I, people that I love and my friends and the people that I care about, I'm like, Hey, you should have some gold. You should have some silver. Uh, so that's just how I am. Uh, let's do some financial news. Uh, this is uh, CBS news. Demand for mortgages is dropping. And so are interest rates. Well, that's mm -hmm. normally not how that goes. No. <laughs> no. And it's not even a it's not even a huge drop. It fell to four point or excuse me, five point three percent. Um, and it was five point eight like two weeks ago. So that's not it's not huge. It's not the under three percent like people were used to for so long. 
and I don't know how much it will truly help. I don't know. Yeah, house hunters are seeing a bright spot in the market this month as mortgage rates have dropped slightly and the amount of homes available for purchase has increased. Housing inventory, the industry's term for number of homes for sale, grew 29% compared to a year ago, according to data from Realtor.com. Meanwhile, the average rate for a 30-year fixed mortgage fell to 5.3% this week, according to Freddie Mac. Uh, So... Well, this is interesting data. You have drops in interest rates and increase in home um, inventory. And yet prices are still going up. Demand is dropping. Interest rates are higher. (laughs) Oh, okay. I see. uh, Okay. Uh, They've got the Bermuda Triangle, the clown world economics going on too. I see. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really fun time to be around. You know what? Honestly, I, I really wanted to bring this up because I know that we have to have a few listeners that are looking for a home and you're hoping for that crash. I really want to point out that if you do not have a sizable down payment, even if whatever house you're looking at drops in half or more, do you still have, depending on how hard credit locks up, will you have the cash to pay for it? Gold, Bitcoin, whatever you're saving. And if you're not going to buy it outright, do you have a 30 or 40% uh, down payment that you can put towards it? Because if we do experience um, a housing crash where things start to come down pretty fast, which it's actually kind of slow in the housing world, um, but if prices start rapidly decreasing, that still doesn't mean that you're just going to be able to go out and get that home and only put 5 or 10 or 20% down. You're going to need something sizable because the banks have got more risk. They're literally not allowed to do more in that situation if they tighten. So this is just speculation, but from the formula you just laid out, let's see if we can reverse engineer it. You've got a drop in interest rates, um, an increase in inventory. Yes. Okay. But the prices are not dropping. Yeah. Even though we have less buyers because they're waiting for that, that good time. Is that because we have uh, Vanguard, BlackRock, Blackstone, not a hundred percent. We could we can put a sizable blame on these companies, but if you really wanted to go look at the charts and data, and I might even put this together for next week's show, Tony. If we really wanted to look at the data, even though we have more homes coming onto the market, it's not the same as what you saw years and years and years ago. So yes, we do have more inventory coming onto the market, but there are far more people looking to buy than what there is still available and the price kind of remaining high doesn't help. But, you know, most sellers want to get absolute top unrealistic dollar for. Right. Well, they, I know that BlackRock, you know, them buying the, the lots and blocks of houses and, and they yeah. and they're paying full price or over. I mean, they're just getting cash, you know, and, and infusing that. It makes me think, well, they've kept the prices artificially high. And then in normal people, like average human beings, uh, they, they're not uh, they're not getting any benefit from that. They're seeing prices no. stay high, but inventory is increasing, harder to get a mortgage. Um, well, that's that's the way I see it anyway. Yeah. And, I, think that's and I really wouldn't. You know, the other side of this coin is so many people are happy, Tony, because their home value is up so much. And I'm thinking. I don't want the tax assessor to come near. I don't think that he will because of how far out I am, but I would not want a tax assessor coming and looking at my property right now in this market. All right. Even like, let's say that your home's completely bought off 
Let's go with that. And you're living off of your retirement, but it's literally just perfect for your life right now. Those taxes going up in some places, even doubling, this is going to force retired people either back into work or they're not going to be able to maintain what they have just, just through taxing. I mean, this is, this is so silly. It's, it's literally, you know, you feel like you've met that milestone and paid off all your debts, but if you're not paying your taxes, apparently we don't really own anything, do we? Uh, no. Renting you, from the you, government. You're not. Uh, property taxes are so unconstitutional. The income tax is unconstitutional. I yes. Mean, not only is it an abomination to our founding, but, you know, they rammed through the 16th Amendment. And I'm almost 100 percent certain it was not completely ratified correctly. I've seen different um, articles and notations and uh, very well researched books uh, about that as well. But, yeah, it's unconstitutional. Uh, Everything that we do now is taxed and it's, uh, it's, it's inverted in a way that, you know, when you talk about the American dream, this kind of is born out of the 1950s post-World War II baby boom, uh, suburb, sub, suburban mm -hmm. uh, outgrowth. Um, and they say, you know, the white picket fence in the home and, and the nuclear family. Well, they're, they're making it to where, and I think this is where BlackRock comes in and some of these other major buyers, they wanted us to be a renter society. Because yes. it's inverting so much where it's, you know, they used to do the the comparisons. And one of the first things I remember reading a biography of Richard Nixon uh, and one of the first like major debates he went into as a kid, he him and his dad sat down at the dinner table for like two nights in a row and they did a uh, pros and cons on whether you should rent or own a home. And this is back in the, you know, the 30s, 20s and 30s. And I, I think about that now, and you have so much against you to own. Yeah, they've made the old tax codes like that was written a long time of the writing off the mortgage interest. But if you look at cost, maintenance, property tax, it's it's just again, it is a. I don't know. It, to me, it's a net positive almost to rent. Now, if you wanted to be an owner and rent out the home to someone else, then you're in a better position as an entrepreneur. But your own, that's why Robert Kiyosaki says your home is not an asset. Never, never look at your home as an asset. Never. Because it, again, an asset should produce something, whereas a home doesn't. I mean, you have to put money in it. And so uh, just a philosophy there. But I think people, average Americans are being priced out of owning a, a typical home. And but I they're think, also being way priced out of rent. I mean, rent too. Right. Just just to have some comparison, you know, you would think that Arkansas is, is pretty cheap. And I'm not going to say that it's it's not compared to other places. I don't want to say that. But with the kind of income that we have in this state, I would say that it's unrealistic to think that most people can afford two to three grand a month for rent. And that's just the rent. That's not the cost of everything else. Because, you know, for my little sister's setup, I think it's around two grand a month. But she's paying for all of her utilities there's still, you know, the car bill, there's still other things that need to be paid. And it's a lot. It's, you know, and they, they actually have pretty decent jobs, but it's still, you know, month to month, it's a struggle. So that's where a lot of people are at. <laughs> you tie on top of that. Did you see, um, what was it last week? The average car note now, people are like paying over $700 a month for their car. It's a mortgage. What are you doing? That was my, my first mortgage. That's more I, than my mortgage. Well, I mean, like when I got out of the <laughs> army, I, my, I bought a $130,000 home with a VA loan. Mm -hmm. 
and it was an historic home in Bonham, Texas. I, it was 130,000. And I think all in like my mortgage and everything was under a grand. It was, that was with uh, property, of course, Texas property tax, uh, yeah. insurance, everything rolled in under a thousand dollars. And then you talk, I see these, I see these car loans and I'm going, what? I, just for the record, I will never get a new car ever again for any reason whatsoever, period. Yeah, just, for a short, I will say for a short period this year, it might have made more sense to get something new just because of the cost of use. Right. <laughs> made absolutely, and still, maybe depending on what you're looking at, maybe that is the better option. Just as far as reliability, how long can I keep this on the We're road? We're being priced out of everything. Everything. We're well, you'll own nothing and be happy, right? <laughs> we could own nothing. We're becoming a, again, There's they're forcing you to become a renter society. Mm-hmm. The reason why we bring this up, I mean, we're not just, I mean, we're going to talk a little Bitcoin and, and gold and silver um, a little bit later, but this is the prelude. This is the, uh, these are the events that are happening before the next level. I want to call the, the next economic reality that we're going to face is going to be the aftermath of this uh, great pricing out of the uh, American people and not just the American people, but worldwide of the of the mm -hmm. first world it's being priced out of ownership priced out of the market uh mm -hmm. and the wealth consolidation that's going on is unprecedented uh i used to say that the largest transfer of wealth in human history was the manufacturing that was gutted and given away from the united states you know ripped away from, uh, starting in the in the 1960s but really uh, amping up in the 1970s uh, after we opened China and formed the Trilateral Commission. And you can see in real time, we never ran a trade surplus again. I used to, I mean, you could read books like Pat Buchanan wrote a book called The Great Betrayal in 1997. I love that book. And it, you know, it showed NAFTA, the North American Free Trade uh, Agreement, uh, CAFTA, GATT, uh, the General Agreement on Trade and Tariffs. All that stuff was, it was a vehicle to uh, to redistribute wealth. And you can see the the, the massive uptick in uh, corporate profits. I mean, this is mm -hmm. in real time, folks. You can go back and look and let's look at 1980 into 1990 and you'll see wages go just flatline. OK, just flatline. But m corporate profits, I mean, you can't even put them. You can't scale them. They just go up yeah. and up. And up. And that's what happened until the last few years. And you can say like, how many more billionaires were created in the last 36 months? Yeah, more than ever. Because there's just there's more opportunity for the once you've reached a certain class level, and that's why it's so important to learn about the history of money, the history of of currency, the history of gold and silver. You know, learn everything you can about crypto because that's the new market space. If you want to, if you want a chance at it, it, it uh, you know, a place at the table, that's what I would study. Mm -hmm. Especially, but if you want to have retain wealth, you got to look at uh, precious metals. Just my opinion. Because, again, we're going to get into something that the elites are doing that I've been saying for years. And there's more and more coming out that are shedding light on the manipulation that goes on with precious metals. And it's unprecedented. It's, you talk about a conspiracy. <laughs> and I know that I'm, there is no such thing as conspiracies, don't you? You're a, you're a crazy crackpot. <laughs> there's no such thing as conspiracies. Well. This is Yahoo. And then we're going to let's bring this article up, Kenzie. Let's bring hey, up Yahoo. Tony. Yeah, go ahead. Really quickly before we get into that, there's actually a question that we have over here in chat. And I feel like we could probably knock it out in a minute or so. Sure. Um, 
but you also like live in Arkansas. Tony does business in Missouri. So, right. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. I mean, back and forth can be okay. Um, Denise says, which state in the Ozarks is better for a homeowner tax wise, Missouri or Arkansas. Now I know nothing about Missouri taxes, but what I can tell you is, you know, my land is very cheap for taxes. Um, very cheap. And I'm, I've got about 20 acres. It's very cheap. So that's not a huge deal, but I will say there's other things to consider, such as I believe that our sales tax is around 10%. There's an extra tax within my county or area and, you know, random, there's a soda tax here in Arkansas. So there's stuff to think about as far as that goes. Um, The internet will provide you a whole lot, but I don't know if Tony knows more about Missouri than I do, you know, you know. That's a good question. Um, I've paid, you know, property tax for my land in Arkansas, and it's very low. Yeah. Because any, any structure that are like on a foundation or anything like that, I don't have that type of property tax. But um, Missouri's been real reasonable too. I mean, this whole area, Southern okay. Missouri, West Arkansas, I would say they're probably they probably mirror each other in a lot of ways. Um, I. I I pay, you know, some property tax for my business in Southern Missouri uh, and they've been real reasonable. I mean, this is a reasonable part of the country to live in, uh, especially if you're living in the county and not in the mm-hmm. city. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, th- There's a lot of incentives for people to move here. They want they want, you know, entrepreneurs, people building things. Uh, it's not like a lot of places in the country where they're they're fleeing because they're, you know, they're trying to out some old, you know, ideas that that uh, Fidel Castro tried and now <laughs> and Stalin. They're tr- they're trying and they're trying it again. It'll work this time. Um, so I don't know. I, I would say either one. I don't think you can lose either way. Um, the property tax, but Texas, like you know, pe- the flood of people going to Texas and Texas has no income tax. And that's the thing is like Missouri has an income tax. Arkansas has an income tax. Yeah. What you have to remember, like if that's where your citizenship is and that's where you, you're going to have that income tax. Texas has no income tax, but their property taxes are next level. Yeah. And, and probably tax, probably sales tax, too. Sales taxes. I mean, I think Texas sales taxes, like everybody else, it's between okay. eight and 10 percent. It's somewhere in there. It's that seems to be like I think the only place that doesn't have sales tax in the country, I think, is Delaware. Uh, Joe, Joe Biden's home state. So uh, yeah, go out there and uh, drop your laptop off somewhere. Um, I just know it's way higher here, sales tax, than it was in Georgia. It's considerable. Right. Yeah. This yeah. There's uh, the, the different states, uh, you know, different rates. But I, I would say you can't really lose either way. Arkansas is Missouri. Um, good just states. move out in the middle of nowhere where the tax guy isn't coming to see you, but every like five to eight years and keep your gate closed. So once he shows up, he never enters. He never, that's my <laughs> advice to you. <laughs> oh, that's because, you know, Kenzie lives in uh, miles below the earth's surface in an old uh, nuclear silo. She's repurposed and undisclosed location. And, you know, it's nice and cool down there below uh, what miles below. I mean, you're probably what, 65 degrees doing good. Doing good. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's jump on, uh, this article this is going to lead us to the theme for today, but uh, this is uh, finance.yahoo.com. JP Morgan gold desk ripped off markets for years, jurors told. 
Uh, the precious metals business at J.P. Morgan Chase and Company operated for years as a corrupt group of traders and sales staff who manipulated gold and silver markets for the benefit of the bank and its prized clients, a federal prosecutor told jurors in Chicago. This case is about criminal conspiracy. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You can't say that word. There is no such thing as conspiracy. Who is this prosecutor? Don't you know that conspiracy doesn't exist? <laughs> the case... The case is about criminal conspiracy conspiracy inside of one of Wall Street's largest banks, said Lucy Jennings, a prosecutor with the Justice Department's fraud section. To make money for themselves, they decided to cheat. The trial of three former J.P. Morgan employees, including the veteran head of the precious metals, um, Michael Nowak, is the most ambitious ever effort yet in years long U.S. crackdown on market manipulation and spoofing. Yeah. Well, so again, like surprise, surprise, J.P. Morgan's rigging markets. I I can't believe it. I just I find this incredulous. Are you shocked? I can tell you right now, I am I shocked. You mean the world is? You mean you mean a very uh, connected, high finance people? They do stuff behind the scenes to enrich themselves. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> well. I'm glad you brought this to my attention. We have an. I want you to get your thoughts on this, Kenzie, before we go to the next level, which is. Um, oh, I think I think we just need to jump into yours because, guys, the J.P. Morgan one was my article, and then Tony sends me this. The next one. This is insanity, Tony. <laughs> yeah, this and this is. We're going to put this in the show notes, but this is something I was saying yesterday. And every other show beforehand, but you know, definitely been more and more lately because we're seeing the after effects of manipulation in the precious metals markets. And the reason that I know this, and Kenzie knows this, and anybody with uh, that has a that is thinking knows this, is because we know that the dollar's lost value; it's lost purchasing power. You can go and look at your uh, price price increases across the board. It's called inflation. You can go and look at the price of gasoline, the price of food, the price of housing, the, everything, right? And then precious metals drop. So they're called monetary metals for a reason. So if, if the price of everything goes up and demand for these metals goes up, but their price goes down, there's a red flag there. That doesn't yeah. make sense. That's not basic economics. And so there's an article up on Zero Hedge. And I just highly recommend, and we're not going to read the whole thing, but there's there's so much in this piece. Um, Peter Hambro, uh, the Bank of International Settlements, BIS, central banks are rigging gold market using bullion banks, paper gold. And this is submitted by uh, Ronan Manley at bullionstar.com. Gold to he does a great job, yeah. by the way. Gold to central bankers is like the sun to vampires. Now, remember that because this is something I've been saying for years is like they they hate precious metals. If they can make money off it, fine. They also know that they have to own and corner the market. And if you're in the market, you know, securing your wealth and you're getting in on this, that doesn't help them. So uh, this is something I want people to pay attention to. This week, an intriguing and eye-opening article by well-known Peter Hamborough was published by British uh, Economics and Politics news site Reaction. The article was titled, Don't Forget the Golden Rule, 
Whoever has the gold makes the rules. It's an intriguing and eye-opening for a number of reasons, chiefly because it pulls no punches in highlighting the price manipulation of the go- of gold and naming the types of entities responsible while explaining some of the mechanisms used in the fractional reserve paper gold game. Well, I, I want to, before I even go any further, do you, I know you read this, Kenzie, do you have any initial reactions before I give some more highlights? I don't want to leave you out. Just initial reactions is, you know, so many of us have been talking for so long about how this is going on just with, silver and and JP Morgan, but this is, this is like a hundred times the scale. And we're talking about banks and you and I have both seen it before in gold and silver. The amount of paper moving through somewhere in a day is not what exists in a vault somewhere. And that's a big issue. Maybe it's more important that us metals people start talking about this within gold, even though it's not as common because silver is used more for industry. I would say, whereas very rich very wealthy people do not want to get effed over because some bankers are, are playing paper games with their money. Maybe article, this draws more attention to it. I, I really hope so. The article is also notable in terms of who the author is. For those who don't know, Peter Hambro is a very well-respected name in the gold space, having co-founded and been chairman of the FTSE-listed Anglo-Russian gold mining company. Peter Hambro mining known as uh, Petrovlask. He was um, he was also from 1983 to 1990 deputy managing director of legendary London bullion broker Makata and Golds, Goldsmith. Additionally, Peter Hambro's father, Everard Brigham Hambro, was also at one time a director of Samuel Montag, another of the legendary London bullion broker cartel firms. So this guy is a heavy hitter. He's an insider's insider. And he's telling you that they are manipulating the price of gold. And this is what, okay, I'm going to just go down here to this chart. And then this is uh, for the podcast listeners. I, I highly recommend that you go and click on this link that will be in the show notes. Um, because you can see uh, the spike in contracts sold. How would you explain this in the Q1? Let's. I'll read this real quick, and I want to get your take, uh, Kenzie, so if you can break it down better than I can. Uh, the trigger for Peter Hambro's article is a recent chart from the U.S. Office of the Comptroller of the Currency, the OCC, which, due to a data reclassification starting in Q1 of 2022, now shows the massive extent to which bullion banks such as J.P. Morgan have amassed precious metal derivatives contracts to hold down the gold price. It says an excellent summary of the charts is here. It has a link you can also click. But just for the viewing audience, look at this. This is 2012, Q4, 2013, Q4. These all in the same spot. You see rising into 2019, a bump. You see 2020, a little bit more bump. And then it just explodes in 2022. Look at that. What the... I haven't I haven't seen this chart. So what the hell? This is, but, the, this is the extent. Remember, you remember when I was telling people back in the first quarter of 2021, there was that giant push, and I'll never forget this because they were pushing to buy physical silver, and every shop I knew was sold out of physical silver. You could yeah. not get it anywhere. I was calling, trying to make sure I was. I put a sixty thousand dollar hold on British Britannias. Just I just bought sixty k worth. On a, on a call just because I know I would have enough inventory. 
So you're we're buying them. It would, the, drove the price up to like a physical price. It drove up to like thirty three dollars an ounce or more. The next day, the price of silver went down. Yeah. Because they sold off 1.5 times the annual supply in contracts that aren't silver. So that's what I'm telling when people are looking at the, the spot price or looking at contract price, that's not real. The, no. what's, what's real is the in-your-hand physical metals, and they definitely do not want the price to go up. And I, this several reasons, you know, accumulation by the central banks, they don't want to compete with that. Uh, but also... The, the dollar fiat currency competes with gold. Bottom line, it competes with gold. They don't want gold anywhere near what its actual valuation would be. It would send, it would send shockwaves to the market. Um, according to Hambro's bombshell, it's the Bank of International Settlements in Switzerland, i.e. the central banks of central banks. Uh, since 2018, the financial stability desk at the world's central banks have followed the Bank of International Settlements, BIS, instruction to hide the perception of inflation by rigging the gold market. Let's mm -hmm. read that again. The financial stability desk at the world's central banks have followed the Bank of International Settlements, BIS, instruction to hide the perception of inflation by rigging the gold market. Well, see, that's what I just said. <laughs> it competes directly with uh, fiat currency competes directly with gold. They know that gold is money. Yeah. And they ha and if, if gold started valuing itself like it should be in physical form, uh, it would create a massive shift in the markets. And they don't want that. The only way to achieve this cover is by smashing the price of physical gold by the alchemical production of paper gold. Now this this article is I, this is like the article I wish I had written, you know. But <laughs> you have to be an insider to know that. I mean, you can get keys to what's going on, and I've certainly read more about the 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 manipulation because every almost every major thinker in this in this realm that i know and i follow has all predicted like we should be at you know three thousand four thousand dollar gold right now just based off the loss of purchasing power by the dollar this year yep <laughs> sorry so, i was i was showing my guy the the chart he's in here and i just needed him to see that um could you imagine the dangers that this would have Tony, if some very big players out there, because you know you have to have so much to demand your physical gold delivery. What would happen if people demanded delivery in that market? When, because that's an easier, that's easier to unwind and unravel than what's going on in silver. Um, because what we're looking at in those contracts is just an IOU. And how many people do you know out there, guys, where they owe you something? But you know you're never going to see it again. <laughs> Do you trust the bank? <laughs> no. There's another addendum here in the Zero Hedge asks, what's wrong with gold? <laughs> and then the follow-up, the correct answer, which the article fails to even mention, is the gold price discovery is based on the lim limitless creation of trading of synthetic paper derivatives. And this is what we've been saying. Gold price discovery is generated and controlled by the bullion banks trading unlimited quantities uh, and of unallocated gold, gold credit. 
This is a rigged system. Now, my thoughts, and we're going to continue to examine the article, but my thoughts just through reading this is that on one hand, it's a blessing because gold's still affordable. You can go and get, even if you can't get an ounce of gold, you can get, you know, 10th ounce uh, Britannia's or uh, maple leaf, Canadian maple leaves. You can I still mean, get. You don't- you know me, I just tend to get grams at a time. I know that I'm paying a premium for that, but that's what I can get my hands on. So that's what we can afford. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I, I just uh, replenished a little bit of my gold stock and I got a $5 uh, pre 1933. It's like a 1908 uh, gold Liberty. I love those, those um, uh, pre 33 coins. You pay a little bit of a premium, but they're great to have and it's got some history. But yeah, but we can afford that because gold is not valued as to what it actually is. Like if you were to do an accounting and say, you know, this is how much supply is in the world, true supply, and this is how much demand is out there, I don't know what the price would be, but it wouldn't be what it is now, right? (laughs) I'm I'm not telling you a number, but it's not going to be anywhere near the number it is right now. This is the number based off of pure, uh, unadulterated manipulation, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. Well, I'm again... So much in this piece. Uh, I'm so glad I found this. <laughs> the, the the guy at the at the Bank of International Settlements, uh, Augustin Carson's general manager of the Bank of International Settlements, BIS. Uh, he looks like the guy on the cover of that Warrant album from the 1980s, "Dirty Rotten Filthy <laughs> Stinking Rich." I'll have to pull that up, and with the one that's got the cigar and. He looks like he eats a whole calf at a time. I'm not saying a really nice steak. I literally mean they bring the calf to his doorstep and it's gone in 30 seconds. <laughs> Got to de-hoof it. Just yeah, de- that's all he needs. Just de-hoof it. It's good to go. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just wasn't expecting that either. This is just insane. Okay, this is absolutely insane. Um, I don't think that anybody should have money tied up and paper gold or paper silver. And a lot of people are going to get really messed up whenever they need that, because I can promise you right now, if I was in that situation and I had a good percentage of my money tied up, you know, there's a lot of people out there that have over 300,000, 500,000, a million tied up in these paper contracts. And if there is no way to get that delivered, you've got a real problem because if you're getting it delivered, it means that you don't feel confident in the U.S. dollar anymore. If you're not confident in the U.S. dollar, how happy are you going to be that they will give you the equivalent in U.S. dollars? And by the time that you get that money, how much worse is inflation? You know, we saw that happening in Venezuela. Um, So it's not impossible for it to happen here. In this article, Hambro goes on to explain the 1980s evolution of the London paper gold market and its many derivatives in which uh, are the smoke and mirror mechanisms through which the London gold market uh, pursues its fractional reserve paper gold scheme to this very day. And uh, this little uh, snippet here quotes, if you thought the price would go down, you could sell us gold you didn't have and margin the trade in the same way. Then along came a raft of uh, options and other products and the derivative market. And uh, for, for that is what is the, the, it's called a chimera. And uh, he says a, chim- a chimera being a mythical, monstrous hybrid creature composed of different parts. The exponential growth in unallocated gold and gold derivatives first occurred 
during the period in the 1980s when Peter Hambro was the director of Mokata and Goldsmith. And um, he says, namely, it says, uh, this is other firms, other five bullion firms, namely N.M. Rothschild, Mokata and Goldsmith, uh, Samuel Montag, Sharps and Pixley, and other, of course, of other famous Johnson Matthew bankers. And it was Johnson Matthew bankers, which nearly collapsed in 1984 and had to be rescued by the Bank of England so as to prevent the implosion of the rest of the London Bullion Club. I didn't know that. Uh, this, as Hambro describes, the Bank of England, England was then as now ready to prop up the London paper gold Ponzi with some physical gold when needed. And so Rick, this is where it's interesting. You know, he goes on to say that um, whenever there's a margin call, the fiat system, the central banks will step in to cover the margin because they're working with the bullion banks. They, they're not going to allow the, the uh, paper markets to collapse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is so just messed up. Sorry. I was, whenever they were going over the names there, the, I knew a little bit of that history, but the only reason I knew a little bit of that history is because there's a bar that I would love to have one day. And it's actually the different sizes of Rothschild's bar, but it's the NM Rothschild's bar. Um, some of them are pretty interesting. It's just a unique part of history if you're really a gold bug. So, but they're not made anymore because of that whole uh, collapsing scenario. I think that happened and a lot of Rothschild gold again had to be used to get them out of that situation. And this is a tweet by Bullion Star and it says the usual suspects, JP Morgan Chase and Citibank hold 90% of all gold and other precious metals derivatives held by all U.S. banks. <laughs> they even hashtag Rico. <laughs> hashtag Dio. <laughs> hashtag cartel. That's absolutely right. You're stealing. This is a manipulation of the highest order. But the reason, the reason this house of cards right, is allowed to continue to build is because there is, in my opinion, deep collusion with the world's central banks. And, you know, here, here's a little known history. In 1933, when FDR uh, signed the executive order, uh, making it illegal for you to hoard and own gold, right, and turn your gold in, people, the American people, a lot of them dutifully went and turned their gold in and got a piece of paper from the Federal Reserve. You know, they turned in a $20 gold piece and they got $20. And that gold was stored and then shipped in large part to the Bank of International Settlements yep. uh, in Basel, Switzerland. That was to set up the Bank of International Settlements. You talk about an inside job uh, from the Federal Reserve. This, in the Central Bank of Central Banks is the Bank of International Settlements. And that's like people don't really hear about it that much. You know, you talk about people will name drop the IMF and things that came out of the uh, the aftermath of uh, World War II at Bretton Woods. Um, but predating that is the Bank of International Settlements, and they have their – this is where everything kind of flows down, right? And uh, my friend Charlie Robinson would call it the octopus of global control. Part of that octopus is the central banks, and one of the things I always say is fiat is fake. It's the head of the snake. Well, the head of the, the true head of the serpent would be uh, – those surrounding the Bank of International Settlements. So absolutely uh, eye-opening. And I'm, I'm glad we did the show today because that, that article popped up um, 
around noon. And I was like, this is what I've been talking about. And it details it. So we'll have it in the show notes for everybody to go over. Um, mm -hmm. But um, nothing shocking to me, Kenzie, nothing, nothing I'm shocked by, but uh, I do think it's a, it's a very important piece. And I don't think that their manipulation will last forever. Do you have any closing thoughts on this? No, no, I don't <laughs> just expect more of it. Uh, most of these people just what get a slap on the wrist at the end of the day and the manipulation can only continue for so long. Um, it's like pulling that rubber band back. Eventually it has to snap back into place. I want to shout out to the chat over on Rockfin. Um, and I would tell anybody watching us, I mean, Kenzie and I are somewhat careful on this show to keep it within finance, but uh, knowing who we are and the other shows we're connected to, uh, you never can tell on the technocratic control platform. So a fallback position would be, you know, our podcast and certainly uh, rockfin.com on the America Unplugged channel. Uh, but we've got uh, Joel Smith in the chat over on Rockfin and I, I see Vince Agnelli. He says, uh, hello again, Antonio. Well, it's good to see you, Vince, and uh, appreciate uh, watching Riley in the chat. Wolfman Jack. Wolfman catches my shows. I appreciate you, Wolfman. Thank you so much for that. Um, and then we had uh, Tom Cooper. And I think Tom Cooper was saying, thank you, Tony and Kenzie, for more great information. Well, I, we, we really try. And uh, this is a uh, part of the reasons that Kenzie and I do this show is so that we learn, too, because um, going through the articles, breaking down things and, and you know, reverse engineering what the headlines uh, mean uh, that helps helps us understand so we appreciate all of you and your feedback and uh we've also got you know the the youtube chat there so we're trying to stay if you have questions or anything if you we got about 10 more minutes you can throw them our way i know kenzie would be happy to answer anything that uh that comes up she's she's the one that you go to <laughs> question i'll try my best <laughs> um yeah. and i'm happy to have one more article um, yeah okay yeah, let me just go. for crypto yeah, let me go to. I've, I've pulled up a couple of things too. And I'm always every week we do this show, and I'm always like, the two things I'm looking for is a really good article on Bitcoin and a really good article on silver. Um, so far, I can find some decent ones on Bitcoin, but I never find anything on silver. Like, it's just silver is the, the metal that, like, it's sometimes I wonder if does it exist? Are people going to write? I'm going to write CERN about it. CERN disappeared it. CERN disappeared <laughs> silver? What? what? <laughs> um, do you want to talk about uh, I'm out millions of dollars, the the thousands yeah. of those investors? Okay, let me pull that. I up. mean, I'll say this nicer than how we talked on the phone the other day, but um, you know, first things first, guys, just don't don't keep large amounts of money on these exchanges. The headline here is I'm out millions of dollars. Thousands of crypto investors have their life savings frozen as Voyager files for bankruptcy protection. So this has got a lot of people shaken up. Obviously, a ton of people are trying to run through one little tiny door. Uh, you might even say it's like the little tiny door that was in Alice in the Wonderland. And you've got thousands of people trying to get through there. They're not even drinking the, the shrinking formula. So <laughs> here we are. Um, now, a lot of people get drawn to this, Tony, again, because of being able to make 9 or 10% or whatever it might be. I'm hearing stories and it looks like a lot of people cannot get their money out. Um, I've told you I'm just following along. I've still got a little bit of money left over on that exchange, about $200 worth of stuff. Um, and I'm just, I'm just keeping it there. If I'm out 200 bucks, it's not the worst thing in the world. Would I be pretty pissed off? Yes, but I'm going to give it some time. Um, 
Maybe it's only for larger accounts that just can't pull everything out at once. And another interesting thing is I opened up the app earlier, Tony. If they are going under, do you not think that it's irresponsible for them to be doing the whole you and your friend get $50 when you refer them to us? Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of messed up, isn't it? It, it is. And uh, I mean, we go back and even the chat, they were saying, you know, Riley said Coinbase said they would do this. <laughs> you know? they're, they're telling you. Which is yeah. why you should be. I mean, they're literally telling you. And, um, you know, I anytime I buy from an exchange, I get right off of it. You know, like if I'm yeah. buying uh, like an altcoin, I could buy I could buy a Bitcoin usually from my own network, from my machines. Um, but, you know, altcoins and things, I, I'll get, you know, right in, right out. And then I'll put it in my wallet, you know, um, whatever, whatever wallet that is, usually uh, Exodus. But no, it's this is something people need to be. Uh, and pay attention to, and this is because mm -hmm. it's such a, and there's a lot of consolidation going on in the, in there the, is yeah. another messed up part of some of these platforms were advertising that they were FDIC insured. And I'm just going to say, whether you're a real bank, whether you have that insurance or not, guys, you cannot trust that. That only works when there's like a small problem. If the whole platform is having an issue or the whole bank is having an issue and everyone else is that insurance doesn't mean anything. Um, there are better ways to save money. Are there better ways to make uh, X amount, you know, whether it be that nine, 15% a month? Probably not. I'm, I'm not going to say that, but I don't trust any of these things. If it wants to act like a bank and it smells like a bank and it walks like a bank, I guess it's a bank, right? <laughs> don't trust them. Well, I'm glad you brought this up. Just a, your weekly reminder, folks. Uh, Stay frosty. Stay frosty. <laughs> Stay frosty. And uh, we we definitely encourage learning cryptocurrency and uh, making smart decisions when it comes to that. And one of those decisions is never, ever, ever uh, keep your savings uh, on an exchange. <laughs> Period. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All Bad right. idea. So we'll do some um, spot prices here in a second. And I um, want to make sure I got any of the questions out of Riley asked a question in the chat says, I got a question. Will silver ever break to a hundred dollars to a hundred dollars? Yeah. I mean, that seems like an easy slam dunk uh, thing for it to have already done. I mean, so uh, we'll say this silver twice in its history has broke the $50 mark. Mm -hmm. and that was 1980 and 2011. The, the short answer is yes, it will. I will eventually. Um, I don't know. This isn't like, again, I'm not telling you if you go out and you buy some silver, you know, t tomorrow it's going to be, you know, I'm not doing any of that, but I will say that, um, I'm betting on that. And the reason I think just simple mathematics of the dollar losing purchasing power, we have just been in a really strange time of economics where so much fake, fake businesses, fake economics, you know, fake projects, every. Everything that stems from us going off the gold standard in 1971, we've built a fake reality with it. Oh, yeah. So it's hard to tell what's real in the sense of price valuation. But I, I, I mm -hmm. ask any person, and I deal with gold and silver all the time. Not an expert, but I, this, is how, this is how I make my living. I will tell you that when somebody puts a, a gold coin in my hand or a piece of gold jewelry, I can usually tell if it's real just by just by holding it. Now I'm, I always test things, but just just so you know, I'm I can even look at stuff usually and say that's real or not, right? 
but I ask anyone, take a one ounce American gold or silver eagle and a, or a one ounce Britannia or a one ounce silver round or a one ounce silver bar, put it in your hand, uh, move it around, think about it, feel the weight on that, and tell me that's not at least $100. Just don't walk into Tony's shop and purposely drop it on the floor three times. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there was a, there was a, somebody wanted to try to test out whether my stuff was real. They kept dropping my gold buffaloes. I'm like, I have everything I sell. Why would I, why would I have a shop that's real and sell you fake stuff? I mean, how would I get away with that? <laughs> like, it's so bizarre, but I had somebody, I dropped it three different times. But I would just, I would tell people just if you, Precious metals have a resonance and an energy all themselves. I mean, it's it is interesting. I've just tell them when you put a, you know, you put a a, a silver maple leaf in your hand, and mm-hmm. then just look at that. Look how pretty it is, and look how you know uh, feel the weight. You can I, again, to me, that seems like it's a hundred bucks. It's not. Doesn't, and that's why I think it might be a blessing in disguise for us to accumulate because this the same people that are holding the price down are also buying the metals. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. I'm just saying that the same people that want a low gold price are also buying it. And these mm-hmm. are governments and central banks together. And uh, we were t- talking about, you know, Russia. We know where their nukes are. They have they list that. Those are all disclosed. But where their gold is, that's a secret. And same thing with uh, with the, every country. The gold is very valuable. That's what they put value on. But the lat. Your government, like a lot of people think your government's going to give you health advice and they're going to help you because they care or they're going to give you financial advice because they help you. No, <laughs> they don't want you to be wealthy. They don't want you to be independent. They don't want you to be sovereign. Uh, so just know that, right? They're not going to be giving you the best advice or helping you out with that. Uh, okay, so let's do, uh, do we, do you have anything on, on Bitcoin? I've been looking around. I haven't seen no. any articles. Um, anything? No, I think, uh, what's it called? A lot of the people that had loans that were connected to Bitcoin, like what caused Voyager and everything to go down because of more loans. Um, it looks like Celsius and some of these, maybe Luna or something, I think has, maybe it's Luna, has pulled uh, together enough funds to pay down their loans for that. So that's a good thing, I would think. Um, maybe not. Maybe it's a terrible thing. Um but good, good to hear. I, I guess. Um, I don't know, Tony. I think we're in that crypto winter that you were talking about. Maybe we'll snap right out of it. But uh, no, I don't. I think don't so. know. I, I don't. I, I think that what we're experiencing now is going to be a long, drawn out. Yeah, deal. you'll see a, a crypto recession side by side with our recession. But I'm wearing my Bitcoin shirt. Do you see, I got my Bitcoin shirt on. I don't see the moon in it though, so. <laughs> I, I still like Bitcoin. I, I still think Bitcoin's cool. I love the technology. Um, there was a, so I will say I looked around to find some articles that I thought, you know, will shed some light and you, you know, the same people that are the, the mainline articles are kind of, you either get the Bitcoin maximalists that are just so for Bitcoin, they can't understand why it's not, you know, 300,000 or whatever. And, and then you have the other market people that it's a scam. I mean, you're finding a good, a uh, balanced article is hard to do uh, yeah. on, on where Bitcoin, I think I try to do that because I think the technology is great. I like Bitcoin decentralized and um, to me, it's an important part of the future and uh, Bitcoin story is still going. I still think it has a story to be told, but we're entering in to a period of recession and possible. I think when I say possible, 
let's remove that scratch that from the record depression okay it's 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 around the corner somewhere um because history does that it throws you and we've propped up these artificial markets for so long uh that there has to be a reckoning and a mm-hmm. lot of it's planned on purpose to control demolitions in some way so they can pick winners and losers uh so no no good articles on bitcoin but i i will tell the audience i'm still i still think bitcoin has a story to tell so let's talk about by the way if you want to check spot prices you can go to wisewolf.gold um it's easy oh well, i guess my never mind my spot prices my tickers went down let's go to you know this it's funny two two different places the the ticker had gone and not just mine Okay. Maybe that has some kind of connection to some centralized thing. Oh man, think about how dangerous that is. How centralized the just the cost of these goods are. That's crazy too. Interesting. Uh, so I, go go ahead. All you have to do is like shut down the ticker programs, and like nobody knows what the yeah. cost is anymore. <laughs> it was it was on. It, we were good earlier, right before I started the show. So that's new. Um, today, uh, gold price, the yellow metal, 1,742 Luciferian bankster notes per troy ounce, 1,742 federal reserve fiat dollars per troy ounce. It's down $22 and 56 cents. Just insane. Um, a silver is at $19 and 32 cents. It's up 14 cents. Kenzie. So you may want to call your broker. It's time to get that Lambo. I know that you've been waiting <laughs> for silver to make the turn. Uh, just absolutely insane, uh, ladies and gents, for prices. And then um, see what Bitcoin's doing. Uh, Bitcoin, $21,630 LBNs uh, make a Bitcoin. Still hovering in that 20000 It's finding support there at that level. So. Interesting to see what uh, what happens with with BTC, gold and silver, and uh, you can find us at goldencrypto.news. All the previous podcasts, um, anywhere podcasts are found. If you leave us a review, I'll read it on air. No new reviews this week, but I hope we had we've been um, complimented saying we had good banter, Kenzie. So I hope we're keeping the banter going. Oh, most certainly. <laughs> right. uh, you can find Kenzie at, at Wise Wolf Gold or Fringe underscore News, both on Twitter. You can find us at uh, anywhere on social media as at Wise Wolf Gold. That's Instagram at Wise Wolf Gold, Facebook at Wise Wolf Gold. Um, what am I missing? Uh, no, 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 unless you're on like Gab or something. I haven't got on Gab yet. I need to. Okay. I like Gab. I like Gab. You can find me at Tony Arterburn on Gab. Arterburn.news for my radio show, other podcasts. And uh, do you have anything, Kenzie? We'll close out. Uh, no, I'm just I'm just gonna go put my clown makeup on and get done with the rest of the day. Well, <laughs> <laughs> in when in clown, do as the clowns do. Okay. <laughs> so all right. Uh, we'll we'll see you next week, folks. Uh, always great talking to you. 3 p.m. Central Time live shows every Saturday here on rockfin.com and the America Unplugged channel and all the other technocratic control platforms, right? (laughs) And in a world of fiat reality, the truth is solid gold, ladies and gents. See you next time.